Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the first quarter 2021 conference call for Morno Chappelle Incorporated. Please note that this conference call will contain forward-looking statements, which reflect management's current beliefs and expectations regarding the corporation future growth and results of operations. Actual results can differ materially from these anticipated. I would now like to turn the meeting over to Mr. Stephen Liptrap, President and Chief Executive Officer of Morno Chappelle Incorporated. Please go ahead, Mr. Liptrap. Thank you, Alana. Good morning, and thank you for joining us. On the call with me today is Greer Coulter, our Chief Financial Officer. Yesterday, after the markets closed, we released Morta Chappelle's financial results for the first quarter of 2021. Like always, you can access the news release, financial statements, and our MD&A on our website at mornochappelle.com. Later this morning, at our annual meeting, which is being held virtually, as it was last year, I will provide a more substantive review of our strategy and the status of our proposed name change to LifeWorks, which will be voted on at the meeting. On this call, I will focus on our business highlights for the first quarter. Greer will cover off our financials, and then we will open the call to questions, as we normally do. We delivered a good quarter to start the year that featured strong organic growth of 7.1%, an increase in adjusted EBITDA of 11.5% and margins improving from 19.5% to 20.5% for the comparable period. These results were driven by several factors that had become regular themes on our calls. To start, we continue to accelerate growth of our technology-enabled products, where recurring revenues increased 15.6% over the comparable period last year. This includes strong growth in clients adding lives to our core well-being platform. At quarter end, we covered some 14.3 million direct lives through our EFAP programs, up from 13.8 million lives in Q4 2020. We also saw the continued adoption of our LifeWorks platform, a key part of our technology and innovation strategy. We increased lives on the platform to 5.4 million an increase of 60% from Q1 last year. We're seeing strong adoption of our digital mental health solutions and additional services on our platform, such as our clinically designed and validated ICBT and telemedicine solutions, where we continue to win market share. We continue to invest in expanding the range and depth of our platform. It's clear that we are technology leaders in our sector, and we see this leadership as a strategic differentiator. And it's our intention to continue to invest and stay well ahead of our competitors. From a line of business perspective in the quarter, our well-being business really pushed through our expectations. At the same time, we're pleased with the performance of all of our lines of business. We continue to see excellent growth in retirement solutions, disability management, 
benefit and pension administrations, all businesses with strong recurring revenues. While we're very much focused on growth, we continue to be balanced and profitable across our solutions and geographies. And finally, we continue to convert strong sales into revenue while continuing to build our sales pipeline. We ended the quarter with a record high pipeline, a strong indication that our strategy is working as we continue to build on our position as a global leader in total well-being. Our strong first quarter follows several very solid quarters where we delivered results to expectations while adapting to the realities of the pandemic. All in all, a strong quarter. Let's turn to some business highlights for the quarter. We had an exceptional quarter in our well-being business, now called Integrated Health Solutions. We're very pleased to win multiple integrated well-being and telemedicine solutions in Canada over the past quarter and continue to increase our market share with exceptional feedback from clients on our market-leading technology. In the U.S., we landed a major EFAP mandate with one of the largest not-for-profit health organizations in South Carolina. Similarly, with another U.S.-based healthcare company with a global customer base of some 30 million customers, we won an RFP to deliver well-being services to their 110,000 employees around the world. We also expanded our relationship with an existing administration client, adding ESAP to support the employees of an international pharmaceutical company. As we mentioned in our last call, in the first months of 2021, one of our existing clients, a health insurer, added a telemedicine solution to support its 20,000 members. Overall, year-to-date, we have seen increased interest and sales in our telemedicine product. We have also seen strong interest continue in our ICBT product with more than 35 wins in North America since the beginning of the year. In Canada, we are very pleased to build on our partnership with the Government of Ontario with additional funding awarded for our ICBT contract. Our ICBT contract has been a vital component of the province's mental health strategy to help people during the pandemic deal with anxiety and depression. We cross-sold an absence and disability managed service to a Texas school district, expanding the scope of our current admin and EFAP mandate. It's a great example of growth coming organically from customers who view us as trusted partners and experts in total well-being. In Canada, for an existing EFAP client in the telecom space, we've enhanced our partnership to include a systems implementation for benefits administration. It's worth mentioning two large contracts we won near the beginning of the year that we are now in implementation mode. One is the state of South Carolina and its public employee benefit authority. In another U.S. state, we won a major contract to provide benefits administration services for a state police and firefighter pension plan. Before handing off to Greer, I want to emphasize a few points about our growth as a power brand in the total well-being space. In closing, there are three levers for growth in our business model that are really driving our company forward. One is a solid core of recurring revenues across our businesses. 
The second is our accelerating global expansion. And the third is our proven ability to grow by innovating with new technologies to create market-leading solutions. And that is why we are sharing our growth rate of recurring technology revenues on a regular basis. On that note, Greer will review the financials. Thanks, Stephen. And maybe before I begin, I will make a general comment about the performance of our business throughout the pandemic. The business has been very resilient, and we have continued to grow organically throughout each quarter. And I want to clarify that we have not utilized any government subsidies in the regions that we operate in. So as Stephen touched on, it was a very good quarter for the business. We reported $257.1 million in revenue, an increase of 5.8%, driven by strong organic growth of 7.1%, partially offset by the divestiture of our benefit consulting business last year. We are pleased with the performance of our lines of business across the board, including organic growth of 10% in well-being solutions and 22% in health and productivity solutions. And regionally, we saw very strong results from the Canadian business, which recorded organic revenue growth of 10% in the first quarter. Adjusted EBITDA was $52.8 million, an increase of $5.5 million versus prior year due to strong organic revenue and lower, or lower operating expenses. Adjusted EBITDA margin for the quarter was 20.5% versus 19.5% in Q1 2020, and in line with our margin expectations for the year. Adjusted EBITDA per share was $0.75 cents compared to $0.68 cents in Q1 2020. Profit for the period was $10.2 million compared to $38.9 million last year, and basic earnings per share for the period was $0.15 cents compared to $0.56 cents in the comparative period. The decrease is predominantly due to the gain recognized on the divestiture of our benefit consulting business in the first quarter of 2020. During Q1 2021, the company generated normalized free cash flow of $26.3 million compared to $24.2 million in the same period in 2020 which was driven primarily from stronger adjusted EBITDA in the quarter. And the company will continue its policy of paying a monthly dividend of 6.5 cents per share. And lastly, I will note that we renewed our $100 million sidecar facility that was put in place at the beginning of the pandemic for another year at more favorable rates. In addition to our $600 million revolving facility, which is roughly half drawn, we have the required liquidity in place to execute on our strategic plan. And with that, I will turn it back to you, Stephen. Thanks, Greer. Alana, please go ahead and open the line to questions. Certainly. Thank you. If you have a question and you're using a speakerphone, please lift your handset prior to making your selection. If you have a question, please press star 1 on your device's keypad. You may cancel your question at any time by pressing star 2. Please press star 1 at this time if you have a question. There will be a brief pause while the participants register. Thank you for your patience. The first question is from Stephanie Price with CIBC. Please go ahead. Good morning. Morning, Stephanie. Thanks for all the detail on organic growth. I was just curious, you mentioned the number of U.S. wins, and I was wondering if you had a U.S. growth rate and how we should kind of think about organic growth in that region going forward. Yeah, Steph, maybe I'll start, and if I don't hit the uh, thing that you're asking at, maybe uh, go at me again. But uh, the, the U.S. revenue, as you know, represents roughly a third of our, our revenue. Um, 
you know, it was relatively flat if you looked at it on a reported basis, but obviously currency was in our face a little bit. I think the decline was about 6%. So, um, you know, it affected the U.S. by about 6%. So if you look at the organic, it would have been between 6 and 7 And then obviously the headwind to the overall portfolio was roughly 2%. Okay, that's helpful. Thanks. And and then you mentioned two large wins in the U.S. New Prepared Script. Just curious about when those are coming online. Yeah, the uh, two large admin wins uh, were really at the beginning of the year, Stephanie, and then uh, we've been working to get them implemented. So they would have come on uh, within the quarter. So uh, revenue has started showing up uh, in the past quarter and will continue going forward from there. Okay, perfect. Um, and then on the conversion rate uh, to the LifeWorks platform, it sounds like you had another good tick up in the quarter. Just curious about, you know, what the drivers are there and, and what you're seeing going forward. Yeah, really good question. And as you know, it's one of the most important things to me as I look at the business. Um, and it just keeps validating for us our strategy and where we're going around. The more we can create a place call it on the front of the phone where employees go every single day for everything they need, uh, the better experience we'll create for the employee, the easier it is for the company to um, push their employees to the area that makes the most sense and they're able to communicate and get information out. I think what's really happened over the last few years when you think about us creating the platform, talking to our clients, getting them exposed to it, and then being able to go back and add additional modules. I think it really is exposure at the end of the day. I think it's the opportunity to come into an EAP, us rolling out the core platform at no additional cost, people getting the opportunity to test it with different populations, different pilots, um, really appreciating what's there, and then adding on additional modules. We do know as we got into the pandemic, people have been very interested in the recognition module. How do you recognize people when they're working virtually? It's been fantastic for that. And I know personally, just as CEO of our company, the first thing I look at every morning is our LifeWorks app. And it just gives me a great view as to what our employees are doing around the world as I read the recognition stories. And we're hearing that come back from a lot of others as well. Thanks. That's good color. Just one final one for me. The year ago quarter, I think, was impacted by in-person work. Just curious about how that in-person work trended this quarter and how we should kind of think about the impact of renewed lockdowns um, in Q2. Yeah, let me start, Stephanie, and then I'll turn it over to Greer for some specifics. I think the first thing I would say is the team has done an incredible job um, pivoting a little bit from things that we would have been done in person before. Think about some of the training to can you do that training virtually? And I think we've been able to add some of that back by doing it. We've also seen a lot of things happen in the world that our clients have asked for our help and support with it, a lot around diversity and inclusion, a lot around resilience in an organization, a lot around how do we bring people back to the office and things like that. So we've been creating modules and solutions that we've been able to deliver virtually. So that's been part of it. However, there have been some pieces of business, for example, children's support and things that we have not been able to come back. Uh, so I think Greer could save, share some of the numbers, but I would say some has come back from virtual, some has come back from some in-person services, uh, and some that have not come back yet. Yeah, so exactly right. I, and to give you some numbers around it stuff, so it's been obviously better than what we were seeing kind of Q1, Q2 of last year. Um, and as I 
made the remarks in my notes uh, during the call, the organic growth rate for the well-being division was 10%. Mm-hmm. And the recurring revenue, so the, the TAC or the non-face-to-face, actually grew at 9%. So it was actually very close. So if you look at the year-over-year, um, it was really not a, not, a ma- not a major factor. So in prior quarters where we've seen it as quite a headwind to this business, it actually was reasonably in line with the general organic growth of that uh, business for the quarter. Okay, great. That's good color. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Stephanie. Thank you. The next question is from Etienne Ricard with BMO Capital Markets. Please go ahead. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. If we could um, come back to um, uh, the LifeWorks uh, platform, it's good to see uh, you know the continued migration of, of, of lives there. Uh, could you share the progress on the upselling rate? I think it was at uh, 15% last quarter. If you could uh, just uh, share progress on that front, that would be great. Yeah, really good question. Um, and I know I, the way I always think about it for a little bit of context is how many people have come into, quote, unquote, the EAP system? How many have we uh, been able to get on a core platform? Then how many have we been able to move over to our enhanced platform, which is where the additional upsell? And we normally think about an EAP somewhere around two to four dollars per employee per month and then when we move them on to the broader platform and adding modules and things we add another one to two dollars per employee per month so from a number standpoint just going quarter over quarter rather than year over year we move from about 13.8 million lives in our eap system up to 14.3 which was really nice to see um and then when we take a look at the overall platform we've moved from 5.1 million lives on the core platform up to 5.4. And then to your specific question around upselling, we have been upselling a rate of about 15%. Uh, We saw that increase to 17%. So we're just under a million. We're about 930,000 lives uh, who are paying additional modules and that additional $1 to $2 per employee per month. Okay, great. Um, And on the topic of ICBT, I think you mentioned in your uh, in your comments you, you had about 35 contract wins um, year to date. How should we think about the impact on on um, on revenues? Because if I recall correctly, I think uh, last quarter your your run rate for ICBT was about close to you know eight ten million. So, so just an update on that front. Yeah, probably the easiest way to think about it is ICBT is within our health and productivity business. On an organic basis, that business grew about 20%. Uh, That was primarily driven by ICBT uh, within that. So that's probably the easiest way to look at it. And and on the 20, just to make sure that 20%, that is uh, for health and productivity as a a whole on a year-over-year basis? Uh, that is correct. Um, and, you know, you would have seen the reported a lower number just because of the divestiture of the benefits consulting business that was in there. It'll be a clean quarter for next quarter. But the health and productivity business, if you took out uh, the benefits consulting piece, would have seen growth of 20%, primarily driven by ICBT. And just to be absolutely clear, Etienne, uh, the ICBT business, obviously, which is a, you know, is 
not a huge business for us in the relative uh, scheme of things. You know, that business is growing at hundreds, like triple-digit percent. Okay, thanks for that. And last one for me, uh, on, on your joint ventures, can you share progress on, on what you've achieved um, to date with your partner on this front? And what are you seeing in terms of mental health awareness in emerging economies? Yeah, and great question is Stephen here. Um, and for context, if anyone who's on the phone, we've got joint ventures in some markets that we think could be large well-being markets in the future. Um, I always think about them as seedlings uh, because they're very, very small. Um, but we want to be in these markets for when well-being does take off. And those joint ventures tend to be in Russia, in China, in Brazil, and in Eastern Europe. So that's where we're spending time. Again, all of these are very small from a revenue standpoint. We're seeing very strong growth uh, in all of them. It's not material uh, to anything we report. Um, and they're all in a different place. We're seeing continued EFAP adoption in China. We're seeing very strong growth right now um, in the Brazil market where we've won some large contracts. Eastern Europe continues to grow. Um, so we're quite pleased with all of them. Uh, but again, the numbers are very, very small. It's more about being there and learning and gaining exposure to those markets for when they really do take off at some point in the future. Great. Thanks for your comments. Thank you. Thank you. Once again, please press star 1 on your device's keypad if you have a question. The next question is from Graham Writing with TD Securities. Please go ahead. Hi, good morning. Good morning, Graham. Um, could I just start on the on the ICBT? Um, it sounds like you're has some pretty good momentum on that front. Can you give us a, an idea of like the mix of your business between government mandates? Because I know you have Manitoba and Ontario, I believe, and then uh, corporate mandates. Yeah, the uh, the way I kind of look at it probably in two different ways, Graham, when I think about that business. So the first thing I think about is Canada and the U.S., where we created this uh, solution within Canada. We've been out there. Uh, we have been winning mandates in both the public sector and private sector. Obviously, the larger chunks of revenue are in the public sector, and it was really around Ontario and Manitoba making it available to all citizens. So the scope of that is obviously much larger, so that is the majority, but we do have a number of corporate wins, and they continue as people really added on to an EAP contract. So they're saying EAP is for shorter term, but I, I don't want my employees to have just a short-term solution, so let me add on something that is a little bit longer term. So they'll add on ICBT. We think the competitive advantage for us is obviously offering both and having it all in an integrated fashion for uh, the employee coming to us. Then the second piece to me um, is really about where we've taken this solution down to the U.S. Uh, as we moved into this year, we've got strong interest. We've already had some strong wins in the U.S., and I would say we're really talking to three different groups. We're talking to health plans in the U.S. about integrating in with them. Uh, we're talking to corporations down in the U.S., and we're talking to some public sector, and we're having wins across the board. So, But primarily, the revenue is Canadian public sector, but we're seeing a lot of growth in all the different pieces. Yeah, that's good, color. I appreciate it. Um, now, you, I think you mentioned that you've added to your digital mental health platform. Can you 
provide some details there? And then is there anything else in your, you know, your product pipeline or anything you're looking at on the mental health side? Yeah, we've got a really robust product pipeline, believe it or not, for the next five years. Um, obviously, that will we tweak that every quarter depending on uh, conversations we have with clients, what's happening in the markup, uptake of different programs. Um, we do have new modules coming out every single quarter, uh, and we continue to launch them. Um, and we also have upgrades to the platform. So the way I think about it, you know, in the past quarter, our LifeWorks platform, which is our broader platform that we offer to clients, we've added on, obviously, telemedicine. People really appreciate the integrated experience. We've added on ICBT. Um, we, in the past, we've added on physical fitness training so you can actually get um, a coach uh, to kind of help you through that, and we continue to upgrade on a regular basis. And then we have a couple pilots that we're running with smaller groups right now that we'll be announcing uh, probably in the next quarter as those kind of get rolled out. But we're really excited by the pipeline, the interest, what we're able to add. Uh, and then in the ICBT space, not only were we able to integrate that with our LifeWorks platform, but we continue to add new modules onto there, and we continue to provide more solutions to people coming to us for help every single day. Okay, great. And then uh, you mentioned your lives lived on the well-being side increased uh, in the quarter. What what drove that? Was that previous wins that you announced sort of uh, rolling on, or were those actually new wins uh, in the quarter? Yeah, so uh, lives coming into the EAP system where we went from the 13.8 million direct lives up to the 14.3 will be a combination of contracts won in the previous quarter that the implementation was in this quarter or contracts won in the quarter that we were able to implement. So it's a mix of the two, but it always is, Graham. That never really changes. And then upselling from there is, again, a mix, right? So sometimes a new client will come in and buy Total Wellbeing, which is all the modules, and they will want to start on that. And many other clients will come in. They'll want the core platform. They'll want to experience it. They'll want to pilot it in different jurisdictions or with different parts of their population, uh, see how that experience goes and upsell from there. So it really is a mix of all of those things. Okay, great. One last one, if I could. Um, what qualifies to, to fall into your pipeline uh, that you talk about? And then what's your typical conversion rate of that pipeline into, uh, into new business? Yeah, I, so I like tracking two pipelines, actually. So the first is our total pipeline, which um, we load up anything that becomes an opportunity for a salesperson. So they're in, they have a meeting, someone's interested in something that gets loaded into a total pipeline. We then look at the one that I probably spend even more time on, which is a quality pipeline, which means uh, there's a formal process in place. We put in a bid, um, and we know, quote-unquote, that there is a real opportunity out there. Both of those pipelines are running at record levels right now, uh, which is really nice to see as we look at going forward. Um, and then to your other question about um, sell-through from those pipelines, it's actually quite different by line of business. So the way we look at it is we look at historic win rates, um, which tend to, depending on our business, be between 30 and 40%. Um, and then we apply those win rates depending on 
the opportunity in the country in the stage that is in. And from that, that gives us a projection as to that we're fairly comfortable with around our revenue as we think about going forward. Okay. Appreciate that. That's it for me. Thank you. Great. Thanks, Graham. Thank you. The next question is from James Gloin with National Bank Financial. Please go ahead. Yeah, thanks. Good morning. Morning, Jim. Uh, I got kicked out there for a second, but uh, so just tell me to check the transcript if you answered this. Um, I did hear that the upsell rate increased uh, in, uh, from 15 to 17%. You're now at uh, 930 lives on the, uh, the higher revenue enhanced platform. Uh, so that's about an increase of, let's say, like 20% uh, quarter over quarter. Uh, can you just give us some context as to is that, is that accelerating or is that about the same pace? Uh, and, uh, you, you know, what's the pipeline look on that upsell rate? Yeah, great question, Jamie. Your numbers are exactly right. Um, the first thing I would say is it is accelerating. Um, you can see that the number of lives has increased, as you said, uh, up from the previous quarter up to 930,000 right now, which is great. And that's where we get the additional dollar to two per employee per month. It does continue to accelerate. It is ahead of what I thought it would be, you would have, if you listened to me a year ago, I was probably thinking, you know, if we could regularly keep adding lives and upsell another 15% or something, that would be great. And as we're up to 17% now, and, you know, that will probably continue to increase. I just don't know if it'll be smooth or it'll be a little bit chunky, but I know as we're out there talking to clients, there continues to be a tremendous amount of interest. And I think as we integrate more and more services and we create an integrated experience for employees of our clients at the end of the day, uh, that will continue to be of more interest. Okay, great. And uh, one of those uh, products that you've added recently is the, is the telehealth uh, solution that, uh, that you, I think you're white labeling. Um, can you give us any indication as to the adoption of that uh, product? Yeah, we had a number of wins in the quarter, uh, and we are seeing that accelerate. I think the advantage that we have, at least from what our clients and what, frankly, new prospects have told us, is they really like the fact that it's fully integrated and that one of their employees can come into, quote-unquote, our platform, and they can come in from what I call a continuum of care. So I could come in one end, and I'm feeling really lonely, and I want to be recognized, I want to feel part of something, we've got a platform and we have personalized feeds to people to do that. They can come in and they can get help with issues that might be working with colleagues, working remotely, Zoom fatigue, you name it. Uh, we can help with that within our EAP. Or they can get help with, call it anxiety or depression or things relating to the pandemic, and they might click on ICBT to get that help. Or, frankly, they've got an issue and they want to talk to a nurse practitioner or a doctor, and they can click on a button and immediately get access to a nurse practitioner or doctor, and then they can move between those things. And I think there is a massive advantage to having that as an integrated experience uh, for people to coming in rather than them having to go to this one company for a telemedicine solution, another company for an ICBT, another company yet for their EAP, another for their recognition. And I know our clients are really appreciating that integrated experience. Okay, great. And uh, speaking of the integrated uh, experience, 
Uh, we spoke a few quarters ago about the uh, pension and benefits, uh, you know, data and information being made available to employees. How's that uh, project progressing? Yeah, and again, that one's a little bit more of a customized because, as you can imagine, uh, if the per, if the organization is a benefit or pension client, uh, then we essentially take their data that sits on our admin, we port it over, and we make it accessible to them uh, in the LifeWorks platform. So it, it, that one is on a per-client basis rather than just getting rolled out to every single client, as you can imagine. And it's gone great. I mean, the uh, first client that we rolled it out to was, as we mentioned before, North American Bank, um, and that is out, up and running for their employees uh, and we continue to do it for clients that are interested in that service. So we're quite happy with how well it's working. Okay, so maybe follow up again in a little bit uh, after that, uh, you get the sort of initial kinks out of the way with the first client. Um, last one uh, last one for me, just on the uh, the organic revenue growth, uh, 7% this quarter, and Greer, I think I heard you say that the, the FX headwind might have been about 2% overall. So is that did I get that right? So organic growth would have been more like 9% uh, this quarter? Yeah, Jamie, you've got it spot on. So, yeah, what I was saying was you know, the U.S. revenue uh, uh, as a percentage of our overall revenue is about a third. And we saw about 6% headwind year over year just on the core FX rate. So, yeah, it was about 2% headwind to our overall business. So, yeah, that 7% organic would have been closer to 9 Okay, great. And, uh, and, in, and in terms of looking at the Q2 uh, numbers, obviously there were some headwinds last year because of the COVID and face-to-face and other shutdowns. Um, you know, are, are, we, are we tracking like we should see something of a similar number, X, like X, uh, the, the foreign exchange? Um, or should we see even like, a, is there a chance that this could pop up over 10% because of the headwinds last year? Jane, let me maybe start and then I'll pass it over to Greer to talk more specifically around the quarter. I think on a high level, as you can imagine, with things opening up and then getting locked down, opening up, getting locked down again, uh, it's really hard to forecast, you know, a couple months out or a quarter or something like that. So I, I go back to where I'm really comfortable, which is in the long run, when we think about it, we would expect mid-single digit organic growth within Canada due to the size of our market share, we would expect mid to high single digit organic growth in the U.S., probably on a constant currency basis. And then our global operations, we would expect north of double digit organic growth. I think with things up and down, uh, with everything happening around the pandemic, we're fairly comfortable with that, but that's a little bit in the longer term. I don't know, Greer, if you want to talk. Not much to add. I mean, I I think, you know, even from the the face-to-face standpoint, as I said before, uh, where it was hurting us quite a lot, uh, particularly in the first half of last year. Um, you know, we didn't see that as a factor this quarter, so it really, you know, it actually helped a, a tiny bit in the well-being business. But it is, it's almost week to week, right? I mean, it's very, very difficult to predict. But I think, yeah, like Stephen said, we're really kind of more focused on the, the longer-term uh, general targets that we have. Okay. That's uh, that's good for me. Thanks. Great. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Jim. Thank you. There are no further questions registered at this time, so I will turn the meeting back over to Mr. Liptrap. Great. Thank you very much, Alana. In summary, we started the year strong. Our performance built on driving total growth, organic growth, and profitability across all of our solutions and all of our geographies. I'd like to end by expressing my thanks to everyone on the call. 
We continue to appreciate your interest in our company, and we look forward to other opportunities in the future, including these calls and our AGM this afternoon, to keep you up to date on what we're doing to drive our growth and success as a business. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Liptrap. The conference has now ended. Please disconnect your lines at this time, and we thank you for your participation. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.